0: Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture.
1: Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community.
0: On A quarter of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around god's word to advance christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community my name is ron young headmaster of providence academy and founder of the palatine institute and i'm noah tetzner
1: a curious student of classical education and
0: podcast producer through our conversations we look forward to sharing fellowship knowledge and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Chord of Three Strands podcast.
1: Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, hello and welcome back to A Chord of Three Strands. Today we are at episode. Eight and uh, Mr.
0: Young, I understand that today marks the beginning of another three-part series. Absolutely, you can't you can't take the preacher out of the uh, you know headmaster or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, things go in threes. So we we just did a three-part series on what I would say issues dealing with authority. Right, if indeed Jesus is king, a culture reflecting uh, that would be ordered around his authority, and and three of those obvious ways to display or demonstrate Jesus' authority in our life. Um, would be worship and rest on the Lord's day, praying. And I specifically talked about Thanksgiving and confession and lastly, paying tribute to our Lord um, by means of, or by our, to our King by means of a tithe. So these three things are kind of like personal disciplines that if we were doing collectively would be the, the beginnings of a, of a good culture because it's, it's all things that acknowledge that I'm not King. Jesus is King, right? right. I'm giving up, uh, one seventh of my productive life in rest yeah. and I'm going to worship him because I'm obligated to do so. Um, I'm going to, um, pray, uh, daily, um, both in gratitude. I, I mentioned in our, uh, series to do that at least three times, you know, during your meals, just a, a prayer of gratitude, knowing that everything you've been given is a gift, your own life, your breath, the food, everything is a gift from God. And you're giving thanks to him for it. And then, and confession that at the end of the day, you just, you have the practice of confessing your sin. I'm not God. I, you know, God has given me his commands, his law, and I fail to do them in thought and word and deed every day um, by doing the things I ought to I ought not do, or leaving undone the things that I ought to do. So that confession that we're not living up to what our King has asked of us, um, and and seeking His grace and forgiveness by which our whole relationship with that King is based on. Right? It's all right. about God's grace, 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 grace. It is yeah. all about her grace. But if we if we just think grace and don't think I really am sinning against a King, I really am right? We have to have that practice. Um, And then finally, um, as I pointed out, uh, a lot of things can be talked about giving money. Uh, We should do it cheerfully, all this other kinds of things. But I I wanted to focus on kind of the original look at Abraham giving money to Melchizedek and and making that understanding of a 10th is a way of paying tribute to a king, that Abraham was paying tribute not to Melchizedek as his king, but as he's the priest of the most high God, that God is his King. And Jacob did the same thing. Like God, God says to him, you know, you, you know, he's the child of promise and he's leaving his family and he has that dream at Bethel. And he says, look, if, if you really are uh, my King, yeah. if, if you really are my God, um, you know, protect me. And when I get back here, I'll give you a 10th of everything. I'll acknowledge you. You really are. You are my King. You are my God. And so, um, by looking at my budget and the first thing I'm doing is taking out a 10th, a tithe, the tribute um, to give to the Lord is, is a, again, it's a personal discipline and it's making, it's my whole life. Now, my time, my money, yeah. my words, all these things are ordered around the thought that Jesus is our authority. So now we're going from that to what are the tools of dominion? What are the tools that we can, uh, that we have to create a culture um, that is glorifying to God that is burning. That is, that is, uh, uh, you know, bringing light to the world at the same time, sanctifying us yeah. and flourishing. It's really giving life, right? The three things are these three tools of dominion. Um, I call them growing wealth, growing children and growing the church. So uh, again, the, you know, the three point sermon or something right. growing, growing, growing. So Uh, growing wealth, growing children, and growing the church. So today we're going to talk about growing wealth.
1: (laughs) So growing wealth, that sounds wrong. Isn't that the problem with our world? Everyone trying to get rich?
0: Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Sort of. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. You know, we know Jesus's command. He says in Matthew six, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, do not lay up treasures for yourself. Uh, on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also you know so that's a that is you know Jesus teaching kind of against that idea that what we're trying to do is accumulate wealth for ourselves right that that becomes our treasure not Christ in his kingdom so what i'm saying though is that there is there is another stream within scripture that does talk about the idea of the goodness of building wealth yeah. because it's not for myself. It's for the kingdom, right? right. It's for the kingdom. I, I mean, I look at Proverbs 13, just think of this. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Right, the wow. the sinner's wealth is going to be taken away eventually. Yeah, but the good man is going to build up wealth for his, the sake of his children's mm-hmm. children. But it, but in the context of everything, that wealth that's being built up is not for the sake that you know, just so that I can have a life of comfort. Yeah, you know, just so that I can have a a life of uh, you know going uh, to Disney World you know every winter and. <laughs> You know, taking the carnival cruise uh, right. every time. <laughs> the idea is, is that um, you're building wealth, so that um, you're advancing His kingdom, so that you are um, building a society, building a culture, building a thriving area in which God's word is um, lived out. Right. Right. So, so if you just think about it, and I guess this is this is where I'm gonna be blunt about everything if you don't have wealth, you don't have any power. Wow. Right. Yeah. You don't have, right. You don't have. So if you have no wealth uh, and your boss says you need to start, you know, using the pr- pronouns that this transgendered person wants you to use or something. Yeah. It's like, you have no choice. I mean, you do, you can, you can clearly um, stand up and say no, and then lose your job. And then you're, you need to be taken care of by other people. Right. Right. But how many people do that?
1: Very few. And and when we talk about wealth, just to clarify, Mr. Young, uh, we're talking about material currency, I mean, money, we're not talking about being wealthy in other ways in this instance.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it includes it probably includes things, but uh, I'm primarily thinking of money, right? Right. That you have, you have the means by which you can support yourself if things go wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, Or you have an excess amount of wealth that you can give away without it um, making things difficult. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can give away things and make your life difficult. That's fine. I don't, I don't think you have to, But, but the idea is, is that um, if you produce, if you are producing wealth, um, you are no longer becoming um, dependent upon other people, other forces in a sense to exist uh, in the way they want them, right? You have the ability now to build a, a home, to build a culture, to build, you know, to build schools, to build. Institutions to build businesses to build to build things that are going to be um, good not just for you and your family but for the world. Yeah, right. Um, and so the the issue then, no is not wealth itself. It's where your heart is, right? <laughs> Why are you accumulating wealth? If you're accumulating wealth only for the uh, well being of your of yourself. Um, or just even the well-building of your children's children in in the sense of pleasure, Mm. then your, your heart is in the wrong spot. But if you're thinking in your head, I want to produce, I want to gain wealth in order that um, for me and my household, we will follow the Lord and we have the best shot of doing that and making a, making cultures and institutions and, and things that will support others in a f- burning yet flourishing culture. Yeah. Right. Based on God's word, you need wealth. Right. You, you can't do it without it. So one of the, one of the issues, I think, you know, myself growing up and, and I grew up, my, my dad was a pastor. And, um, and so we, we in a poor area and uh, the, the, the faith of the people that my dad ministered to as poor people was great. It was great faith. Right. They had just saints who suffered and right. But they were also because they never got better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain that, but there was, there was a, a sense of perpetual victimhood. Right. Where they were, they were um, self-inflicted victimhood. Yeah. Uh, in some ways. Right. I, I don't th- there was a no vision for something better. It was, it was kind of like, we're just stuck and we're going to make with what, what's due. Yeah. And um, and the forces of whatever the economic engine or whatever that comes and goes, um, they're all fall prey to it. Right. And there's there's and they don't have a say, you know, when someone comes up and speaks to the you know, city council about something or to the to their boss or,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, there's almost nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, OK, that was very nice. A little pat on the head. Yeah. You know, it it just um, but when you gain wealth, when you produce wealth, when you have enough in which you are no longer um, you you can exist for quite some time apart from work. Yeah, that type of thing. Um, You have the freedom to uh, be bold. You have the freedom to act. You have the freedom to be different. And if people don't like it, it's okay because you're going to survive and you're going to keep moving on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, if you have enough wealth to give to projects, to other things that you think are going to advance the kingdom, right? How are missionaries going to be sent? And if, if wealthy people don't give money, yeah. how are, right? Yeah. how are Christian schools going to be made? Right. I <laughs> exactly. mean, seriously, like it, we, we had a, a ton of parents uh, contribute to our school to, to build the school, to grow our school. And it's phenomenal. Sacrificial giving for a lot of them. It was wonderful. Yeah. But if it weren't for one wealthy person, right. Or, and a couple others who were, you know, extremely wealthy, we, we wouldn't have this. Yeah. Right. And, and so the, the trick is I I'm going to say this, that I know people of low income whose heart is on treasure. Mm -hmm. And I know people who are wealthy whose heart is not. Yeah. Does that make sense? So Jesus's word isn't just talking to some other guy. Yeah, It's always talking to us. It's talking to me yeah. where my heart is, is where, where is where my treasure is. So if my, if my heart is in, in God's kingdom, if it's in the kingdom of heaven, that, that's, that's where my heart is. Yeah. And, and so how little or how much wealth doesn't matter because my heart's there. Right. Yeah. Now, is everyone capable of making lots and lots of wealth? No. I mean, seriously, it, But wealth is expected. I mean, if you look at Proverbs, again, the wisdom literature of the, of scripture, it's expected that everyone is going to produce wealth and they will keep some to pass down. Right. It is, it's, it's a, and it, it, it's slow. It's something that you do over time. It's gradual. It's, and it, and it just, it, it just takes time, but we have to do it. And if we don't do it, then we're putting ourselves and our families, I think in greater and greater jeopardy for the forces of the world, the fallen world um, to influence us and prevent us from, from living in a culture that's uh, flourishing.
1: I, well, this next question can go for anybody tuning in, but I'm, I'm particularly interested in, in what, how you would, how you would relay this advice to young people who have yet to make every possible significant life decision. And, you know, there's a lot of young people tuning in who are, are beginning their professional careers and they're planning out their lives. You know, do I want to start a family? Do I want to start a family at this time? Do I want to live here? Do I want to do this career? And a lot of them are consciously perhaps making the decision as to what kind of lifestyle I want to live. So how should we as Christians think about this first tool of dominion?
0: Excellent. So I'm going to go back to what you just said about they're thinking about what kind of lifestyle they would live. And a lot of it has to do with what they're accustomed to. Right. So if you grew up in a upper middle class home, that's probably what you're expecting. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's there's nothing wrong with a upper middle class lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with living in a blue collar, uh, low middle class lifestyle either. Right. what I'm suggesting though, is that you put together a plan, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like this is, this is, this is my goals. This is where I'm, I'm where we're headed. This is how we're going to get there. And I'm saying we, it could be just you, um, but you might be including a spouse in there. Yeah. Um, And you, you want, um, you, you want to, I would say uh t- the, the big things are one, absolutely positively live within your means. And by that, I mean, right. You have a particular income, take 10% off for your tithe and your, and you know, and pay your taxes yeah. and whatever you have left, take as much of it as possible, set a goal for yourself, 10%, 15%, whatever, and set that aside to save and to invest and then live off the rest. Yeah. Right. So I, I remember when my wife and I were first in green Bay and we were looking at a house to, to uh, uh, build or to buy, um, you know, we were pastor of a small church and uh, the, the bank was like, this is back in the 1990s, but they're saying, you know, Hey, you should, uh, you should be able to fit into this, you know, range of houses that were somewhere around the 120, 130 mark. Yeah. And we looked at our budget and we looked at what we were trying to do. And we're like, going, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Why would we do that? What we did was we thought, let's find a house that's in the 60 to $70,000 range that we can fix up and live in and not ever have a, you know, and then want to be a problem. Right. And so we, we did that. We found a, a house in the mid seventies and, and we've lived there for 20 some years. Yeah. And the, the beauty of it is, is that we've gone through some storms in our life, you know, the job loss or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've never had to move. You yeah, know why? Because you live below your means. Yeah, we live below our means and we and we, you know, we did things like plant a garden and we, yeah. we canned food and you know have chickens and yeah. you know <laughs> eggs eggs have gone up in price quite a bit. I'm kind of glad we have some chickens, right? Right. And so we we did things that we we lived in a way like okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna we want to be able to serve the Lord. We want to be able to provide for my I want to provide for my family. And I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to, you know, um, save. I want to be able to give. I want to be. A, yeah. And so you you have to you have to plan. Right. Yeah. And, and so what I see happening a lot of times is that young people get in this mistake of hey, this is what the bank says we can afford. So let's go for it. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and then they have no margin and something bad happens and it's horrible. Right. And I'll give you another example. though, no, And I know this is getting harder and harder and that's a whole nother maybe podcast. It might be a rant. I go on yeah. about how no one's building, you know, starter homes anymore. Right. Um, but, but I will say it, one of the best choices my wife and I did was we made is we're going to live our life on my salary. Right. right? So that, so that if my wife works, um, we're not dependent on it. Right. So, right. so that this is, countercultural i i totally understand this is countercultural because once it became expected of all women to work outside the home
1: yeah
0: and the, it, right, it's, right it's it's the expectation and it's the pressure um our whole world is built around two income houses two income housing so you you see all this great amount of pressure right so yeah. so you you're used to having two incomes and you want to buy a house you buy a house and all of a sudden you know, along comes the kid and now you're having to worry, like, how are we going to do this? You know, how much, you know, all the childcare and all this, or, uh, and then, you know, your wife's like, I really feel like I should be staying home with my baby, but we can't because yeah. we can we can't afford to. I mean, think of that. We can't afford to stay home and take care of our child. Wow. Right. So, so think through it, like do, do um, you know, you can start off that way. I mean, th- this is the other part start off that way, knowing that your income is going to rise over time, right. You know, buy, buy the, or rent, rent a cheap house or something, if you can, or, or, or buy a, a small, tiny place near me, you know, yeah. <laughs> cause you know where I live. No, it could be by me, right. Yeah. yeah. Just live, live there for a while. And as, as things progress, then you, you accumulate the, um, you know, some, uh, uh wealth within your house, right. You've, you've got uh, you can sell your house now and with, with the amount you have, you can buy into a bigger house later on down the road. Don't, yeah, don't shoot for the moon right out of college.
1: Well, and, and, you know, that's famous book called the millionaire next door. You listeners should pick up a copy. And I really think it's a great lesson in being a good steward of your finances. it's yes, Excellent. I mean, there's a personal story in that book of, um, there was one, there was a couple husband was an engineer wife was an engineer they only lived off of the husband's salary and s- still ate off the dollar menu back when they had it at mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know and and saved everything that the wife was making yeah. you know yep. well so let me let me just ask you mr young so you know all of your kids are, are shining successes and i would i would even say head and shoulders above where most people, their age are in our society here in the United States of America, when, when they were talking, you know, for those of your kids that are in their twenties, when they were talking about what they wanted to go on to do, you know, is that a conversation you, you had with them as, Hey, Hey, what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Did they think about that before they chose their paths?
0: Yeah. In roundabout ways. I mean, that's, that's kind of like dinner, dinner table conversation. Yeah and I know they're all listening. <laughs> Actually, I know three of my kids listen to the podcast. I don't know about the other yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that's one of those things we you know, just talk about around the dinner table and the choices we make. And, you know, one time our pa- uh, pastor t- had talked, Dan had talked about um, the gift of voluntary poverty, right. And my kids looked at us <laughs> and the idea is, you know, I've, I have uh, intentionally worked in, I, I mean, I just, Feel that God calls me to certain things. And, um, and I, and I try to do them as terms of pastor working at a, you know, a Christian school. And, and I know that I'm not going to make market value. (laughs) Right. I I know that I, I don't care. I, I, I'm where God is calling me. So what I do is I try not to complain about it or worry about it. In fact, I, I hope I never complain about it. I, I, I find you know, we're fine. Yeah, God will always take care of us. Uh, what we do is we we think, okay, if this is what God has given us, and this is where God has called us, then it's enough, and we should be grateful. And we're grateful. And the way to respond in faith to that is to do with that money what is the best in terms of stewardship and of saving and of you know yeah d- doing that. So we're passing down um, a, a legacy and and have the time. Right. I, I don't think it would work if if we didn't have the time to have those kinds of conversations with our kids around the dinner table and to to, to have conversations at all. If if our lives were so busy, both of us with work and. If, right. you know what I mean? And, right. and trying to maintain a, a, a lifestyle that's beyond our means. Yeah. Right? So we, we that's the first step. Live below your means and save and accumulate wealth it's okay to have a big house. I don't, you know, no one cares. There's no sin in that. Yeah. Unless that's your idol. If that's your idol, then that's a sin, but people are in idolatry all the time. Even if they have nothing, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so the pursuit, the pursuit of wealth isn't necessarily sinful. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get across to everyone. (laughs) It's not necessarily sinful. It can be though. Yeah. Right. So we have to guard our hearts and, and do what, what is the accomplishment? Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Noah. I remember a family um, talking to me about their, the uh, tuition and how it had gone up and they were um, upset. The tuition had gone up and that they had, they were considering, you know, maybe not their kids not going. And, and this is a family who I see on Facebook going on multiple vacations, you know, to yeah. tropical places a year. Right. And it's like, no, tuition's not too much. It's that your priorities are a little different. Exactly. Do you know, do you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So it, it's um, so the question is, is what is the purpose of building wealth? And what I'm trying to say is that it's a tool for dominion to have godly dominion, to have the freedom to work at a life and a, and, and works and, and institutions that are godly Yeah. without fear of interference,
1: right. right, right.
0: So my one of my biggest fears right now, for instance, is uh, vouchers. I I think it's great that that uh, right now in the state of Wisconsin, um, the government is is doing well in terms of giving vouchers to for kids to go to schools. We don't take them at Providence Academy, and the reason is is because usually there's a hook. Right at some time there could be a hook. And if we're getting used to the government money, what happens when it's taken away? Right. What if there are conditions on that government money? What if our, we built our school based upon government money? Right. Then you'd have that choice. Are we going to be faithful or are we going to be poor? Yeah. And, and guess what? Unfortunately, we have enough experience in seeing government get in. Yeah. (laughs) You you know what I mean? Look at a lot of the so-called Christian colleges where they've gone. Yeah. My, my answer is, is that most institutions will not remain faithful. I'll say that again, at some point when the government money is taken away, most of those institutions will not remain faithful. Not some most. Yeah. And I, and I, we don't even want that temptation. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, live apart from government money. Yeah. Right? We're going to to continue on and to to build so that we have the freedom to exercise dominion yeah, right in the way we see fit. Yeah. Because we're not reliant on on those things. That's that's the idea. Now, that's the institutional view. That should also be our personal view. Let's build wealth to give us the freedom, the margin of freedom to be able to be free, to be bold, to do what we think God is calling us to do and telling us to do and be obedient. Yeah. So that if something happens, if I lose my job, if I, because of it, I'm not going to, we're not going to suffer. I can right. find another job or I can, does that make sense? Oh, Bef- yeah. Before things are bad.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I, build yeah. wealth. Build wealth. Well, Mr. Young, this has been great. Any parting words? our listeners before we wrap up
0: parting today. words i would rather leave with this part of thought in yeah, mind we'll right and that is is that um when you read the whole bible in context building wealth in and of itself is a good thing but it can be idolatrous so it's not about wealth it has to do with your heart so as long as you're pretending as long as you're keeping your heart right and seeking first god's kingdom and his righteousness it is no sin to build wealth. You know you might also want to have some accountability on that and say, "Hey, what do you guys think? What do you think where what I'm doing is this good? Um, that's another thought. and And finally, um, it's it's always good to do this with a financial advisor. There unless you you know you you know finance really well, i mean i'm I'm a pretty smart guy, but I w- would like to rely on experts to help me out.